0: Ben, I really appreciate your time. And uh, to follow along, because there's a lot of content here, head over to cashflowtribe.com for Ben and his team. But um, we're going to be covering a lot of ground here today because Ben has coached over 2,000 people at this point. It's probably exceeded that by now um, and has been in this world for quite some time. But I'd like to spend a little time on mindset and the importance of mindset today, because Ben has quite the story, and and I'm gonna kind of let Ben lead with that. Tell us a little bit about the story and and how you got going on in this whole crazy ride we call real estate investing.
1: Hey, Jack, good to be here, bud. Yeah, so my journey started. I was an immigrant from Romania. We left communism. We fled on foot, became refugees, and my uh, I'm the oldest of nine kids. So my dad came to Canada. And you know, we just did what every immigrant did, which is work, find opportunity, persevere. We developed a level of resourcefulness very early on. So I was going to be a musician my whole life, love playing music. And I realized about halfway through university, Jack, that musicians don't make any money. I mean, somebody should have told me that before. So I ended <laughs> up dropping out and I said, what can I do to make money? And I did the only thing that I knew how to do well, which was clean every immigrant knows how to clean. We have part-time jobs cleaning as we grow up. So I started a cleaning service and I was working every night trying to figure out what I could do during the day to generate some cash and get back to music on my own terms versus having to be a high school teacher. So I stumbled into a couple of books and I kind of got hooked. I read somewhere in a passage, it said that if you want to become a millionaire, all you have to do is buy a million dollars worth of real estate and then have somebody else pay it off. Those people are called tenants. I thought, man, that's pretty cool. This seems like a way better vehicle than cleaning carpets. So I realized very quickly in my early 20s that real estate was gonna allow me to do the things I wanted to do financially. And the more I dug into it, the more it just made sense to me. Uh, I'm, I'm not the brightest guy, let's say intelligence wise, but when it comes to street smarts, I'm just a regular blue collar dude and real estate seemed like a very straightforward business. So I just kind of jumped in. I started going to every event. I started going to conferences in Toronto, trying to understand how to get financing, how to find deals, how to talk to people, because I really didn't know anything when I started. So I bought my very first place and I can share that story at 21. And uh, it's been hundreds of properties in Canada since then. And it's led me ultimately to the life where you see me now, you know, traveling, you know, living and building things out of passion, playing music. And real estate has served its purpose for me, which is to be a vehicle of growth. Uh, and it's been a wild ride for the last 15 years.
0: Yeah, you've kind of leaned into this, this concept a little bit. A lot of us will get into real estate investing, but in the end, we've kind of created ourselves another job, if you will. And I hate to say that three-letter word, but I mean, that's that's the fact of it. But I mean, you you're just coming off of a, a month at this resort that you're at here right now.
1: Yeah, so I've been traveling actually for about a year and a couple months at this point. So in the just before the pandemic hit, I had made a plan 15 years ago that at a certain age I was going to travel and just, you know, move everything I was doing virtually somehow. So in having that very strict intention in my mind, I was seeking out mentors and information and people that could help me make that happen. So for the last few years I've been looking for mentors, hiring mentors, paying for mentors. I've spent probably well in excess of $350,000 on mentorships. And what happened was in the middle of the pandemic, my hopes and dreams completely accelerated because everything went digital in Canada. So what I've learned through these mentorships and through these very intentional relationships that I've created was there, is, there are multiple ways of doing something. How you do the how is just as important as what you do. And what I mean by that is this, you could spend 10 hours a day running around trying to do real estate, becoming a deal junkie, becoming addicted to work and alienating everything else in your life, including your passions, your friends and your fitness, or you can just learn how to do this better. Be extremely results driven, get very focused when you have to, and you can work one hour a day in alignment to what you're trying to achieve versus grinding 10 hours a day. And that is only that only comes from evolution. If you're willing to evolve your thinking and consistently push on there has to be a better way, you'll find that answer. But if you become a deal junkie and start treating real estate like an idol, well, then I believe you become a slave to the game, and then it's no different than any other job you can have. So it is very much an intentional conditioned mind that allows me today to travel. the, The team still grows. We do deals every day, and we have an education business, and I've understood that the game of business is the same across the board, whether real estate is the vehicle or it's selling cups or telephones or another widget. So what I, my big premise to most people, especially when they're starting, is decide to be in business, not real estate. Real estate just happens to be your inventory. And if you treat it that way, you don't idolize it and you don't fall in love with real estate. It's simply here to serve us a purpose, which is to create profit and help us get to what we actually want to do. So I just think beyond the real estate, Jack.
0: No, that's that's a really interesting mentality. And frankly, I don't have a lot of people that come on the show to talk about this. You know, we we go uh, down the road. If you listen to a lot of the other mindset oriented people, it's almost as if we uh, romanticize the whole concept of the grind and the hustle, and uh, the concept of of this focus over grinding is is Hitting, I think hitting all of our listeners here pretty hard.
1: Well, let me keep hitting on you then. So nobody woke up when they were five, six, seven years old and dreamt about grinding. Nobody woke up wanting to just work for the sake of working. What happens though, and and I'm not a mindset mentor. I'm I'm a purpose-driven person and I mentor people out of purpose. So my very first thing is, what are you on this planet to do? Are you on this planet to be a worker? Are you on this planet to simply accumulate? We become we become what we seek, and when all we seek is more, we just become a person who seeks more. It's as simple as that. So when you get started in real estate, you get passionate, and it's awesome, and it's a vehicle. Slowly and slowly, you have to alienate other things to get focused, which is natural. But as you alienate, you start attaching to something. So what happens is at some point, your identity starts to shift, and you start saying, hey, who are you? I'm Ben. What do you do? I, I'm a real estate guy. You literally become the thing that you're pursuing and you sacrifice your identity in the process. And the reason I'm saying this to you is because I spent five to six years chasing an identity that wasn't mine. And I had to go through a version of a midlife crisis at 30 to reclaim who I was because I was so obsessed with being the real estate guy, doing the next deal, doing the next thing. When people are so obsessed with grinding, which is why I don't agree with this narrative, there is a season of focus. There is season for planting seeds, for harvesting, and for cultivating. There is no perpetual season of just more work. That to me is the opposite of progress. That is busyness. So if you haven't figured out how to create a real business out of real estate in five years or 10 years, you don't have a real business. You just have a job that you're able to leverage. No different than you being able to borrow money and go to your place of employment and leverage other people in process. So my big push to people is, if you fall in love with real estate and you worship it like an idol, you will never fall from under its spell. I'm here to live my life. Real estate serves me. I believe in building businesses that are purpose-centric, that serve you, that drive a profit and that employ people. And I have the privilege of employing many people in real estate. The reason why I was able to do hundreds of deals in Canada and most people did a couple of deals is because they fell in love with it. They were far too attached emotionally and that meant they couldn't make logical data driven decisions. Every decision, especially with real estate, people make out of drastic emotion. And they fall in love. They, they, you know, they force this narrative on themselves. So I guess my point is simple. Get out of love with real estate, treat it like a business. You'll you'll grow it based on merit and you can still have your passion. But I do not agree with losing your identity and leaving it lost. This whole thing like Gary V says just punt your 20s. What do you mean punt your 20s? You're assuming that you're going to make it to 40, 50, 60, 70 with everything that happens in the world. I come from a communist country. I have a very real understanding of, of, of how the world works with oppression, with rules, with bureaucracy. So I'm, I'm not waiting 30 years before I live my life. That doesn't make sense to me. So I'm 36. I've been on the road for two years. This is life. And I think it's real simple. If you decide that this is how I do life, the business will adopt and adapt to you. If you don't have standards for how you live your life, then you will constantly be influenced by everything that's coming to get you. And I think that's how people lose themselves. So I'm a defender of my own purpose. That's why for me, this is such a purpose-driven thing. Real estate is an amazing vehicle if you don't let it become an idol.
0: So talk a little bit about the importance then to to, before you get involved, maybe you need to sit down and define What this looks like, like what's the purpose or how, what type of exercises somebody should go through?
1: Yeah. The very first thing I do with people is I sit down and have a very open conversation of why they're doing this in the first place. And I will get the same series of answers, which are all a version of lies until I ask enough times where I finally start to get the truth. See, people live in auto-responding conversations. So they've been conditioned to say, Hey, how are you? As they're walking by somebody and they haven't stopped to listen for the answer. We just say stuff to say stuff. So people go, Why are you in real estate? I want freedom. We all want freedom. That's not why you're in real estate. Why are you in real estate? You know, because I want to be financially independent. We all want that. That's not why you're in real estate. Why are you in real estate? And what I found the most overwhelming answer is this, especially in today's society, because it seems to be the easiest path. It seems to be the easiest, most guaranteed, most certain, most comfortable path to me creating some kind of meaningful financial well for me and my family, but nobody says that. So the moment that you know that it's supposed to be a meaningful financial path, I just do a smart goal. Specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and time bound. If you and I sit down and say, if I put if we put a million dollars on paper and we say that we're going to do that in five years, meaning your net worth is a million dollars and net worth or equity is the same as cash. We just need to transfer one to the other. And with a million dollars you can invest that proceeds At 10 to 20% per year and generate one to $200,000 per year, and you can live off that, and that's a good start. Then we need to run towards that without bias, totally based on merit. What strategy do I use? Whatever serves that mission. So I'm a mission centric person. I think people need to take a second. And this is what one of my mentors taught me, which I think is so profound here, Jack, is that everybody will teach you how to get into real estate. Everybody, every guru. Every guy who's done one deal, what nobody will teach you is how to get out. Nobody teaches you how to build a life beyond real estate. And when you die, when you go to your, you know, your gravestone, what does it say? He bought real estate. She bought real estate. So that's my whole mission here is when you become extremely accountable to the outcome, then you can look beyond the vehicle, beyond the vehicle that's supposed to get you there. So that's my tactical advice. I'm a very big tactician on stuff because, frankly. I don't want to waste time. Uh, My core values are results, impact, transparency, and community. That's what our entire education company, our purpose-driven company is based on. If it's not results-driven, Jack, I'm not trying to get into anything. That just sounds like busy work. Why don't you just get into landscaping or get into buying groceries for other people? Like, We don't need to get in. We need to be very precise with our activity so we get a result. And if you get a result, well, then real estate serves you. I do believe, Jack, real estate is a very fundamentally simple business for the primary purposes of understanding market cycles. A local market has appreciated 29% in the last year and then 25% the year before that. If you simply get into real estate, meaning you buy the real estate, you accumulate, and you simply just wait, that old principle, the appreciation, the cash flow, the depreciation benefits all of those elements and the aggregate debt repayment all of those things really produce a 20 to 50% annualized return or higher so real estate's not hard it's a very compounding type of vehicle business but you need to buy enough of it for it to matter and you need to be serious about what you're buying and and the biggest point that i think you're you have brand new folks listening to the show i work with brand new folks too it's this You have been so conditioned to consume in your life that when you buy real estate, you're acting as a consumer, not as a true investor. Because you live in a house, you go to the same bank that you went to buy your house to buy your first duplex. And they're not designed, your traditional institution was not designed for you to leverage it to generate profit. That's not what it's for. It was designed to sell you a mortgage where you're going to live, you're going to pay the mortgage, and you're going to be enslaved to it. It was not designed for you to make money with. So, most people play by a set of assumptions that's completely false. They play by a set of assumptions where I need the cheapest possible capital. I'm going to drain my personal t- total debt service ratio, my TDSR. I'm going to save, I'm basically going to save every penny that I have at my job to get 20% down, which is after tax dollars, to buy one more duplex this year to make 200 bucks a month. And 200 bucks a month is nowhere near getting you out of the rat race. So, people spend decades to do what they could simply do in one or two years if they treated real estate like a business. We need to stop consuming, and this will shock most of your people. Stop calling yourself an narrative. An investor's job is to allocate capital, do no active operations, and generate a return. That's it. That's what an investing is. I invest in the stock market, I put money in, I get a return, right? If you bought a duplex and you run there every week to fix pipes and you collect the rent and you do all these activities, you are not an investor. You are a small business owner, but you're behaving as if you're an investor. The only way you can truly be an investor is to do what I do, Jack, leave, leave and see if it's still there. If it still produces a return and you're gone for 30 to 60 days, we can say that that is investing. So I invest in businesses that I don't operate. I invest in my real estate that I don't operate because that's what investing is. Now, you're not going to start that way. But we have to remove this narrative that I'm an investor because that narrative is what keeps you broke. The language we use determines the behavior. And when people go, I'm an investor, but you're behaving like a small business owner and you care about the fundamentals of real estate, but you're clueless about the fundamentals of business. So this is the answer. This is the only viable answer I have for you, Jack, because everybody has limited resources and you're trying to squeeze as much juice out of that lemon as you can in the pursuit of your real estate goals. And at some point you got to realize there's no more to squeeze. You either leverage capital, you either treat it like a business, you either do marketing, you do operations, you do sales, or you're just fooling yourself and you're going to literally take decades to do what I'm going to do in two or three years. And that's the only thing I can't help you get back is time. That's it. That's the only thing I can't salvage from you. So to me, I do it out of almost a desperate plea with people like there is a better way I promise you there's a better way. I spent hundreds of thousands. I spent years grinding. I spent years hustling. I spent years in all these stupid adjectives that we glorify, these verbs that don't mean much other than just sacrificing your mental health. And there is a better way, but you're going to have to get very serious about the outcome. If it's a hobby, Jack, it's a hobby. Great. But then don't expect financial freedom or ever have your time back. Because I know people that are, well into their retirement and still trying to figure this out. And they've been doing it for 30 years. So that, you see, I'm a very narrow view on this. And I hope the reason I bring this up is because I just hope that it reaches somebody listening who goes, okay, I had somebody who, you know, shined the light on this for me. And that's the reason I do a lot of these shows. I just want to shine the light. Simple as that. If somebody gets it and I just save somebody five years because now they go on a journey that, that that's going to lead them to the outcome. I'm so thankful and privileged to be in this position to do it.
0: Yeah. I, I, this is just, you, you've provided so much value already in, in this episode that I hope everybody's paying attention. The, the concept of doing the smart goal thing alone is, is something that everybody has to do. And I, and I, I know that I'm starting to sound repetitive in some of the things that I've, I say on the show, but one of them is un- until you put something down into a smart type goal like like ben is talking about it's always going to be a dream you need to have it on paper when you put it on paper that's when it becomes a target you need to have this type of target that ben is talking about here and and the, his approach is spot on i mean th- this is this is absolutely perfect
1: jack do you mind if i touch on that You know when I when I was getting started, I thought the idea of making goals was cheesy. You know, like who cares? And you just go work harder, and you don't have to write stuff down. And that's all cheesy. And it's just the guru, you know, rah rah kind of stuff, right? Make your papers, get excited, practice your affirmations, all that stuff. And there's a maturing of the mind that happens. And for me, writing things down is about one clear word, and that's the word intention. See. When you become a person of massive conviction in life, meaning your intentions are aligned, you know what you want and your behavior matches that, then you owe it to the mission to do everything within your power to continue that momentum forward. If you're a person who says to me, I want to be a real estate investor. Great. What's the last book you read? I haven't read any. What's the last $500 event you went to? I haven't gone to any. When's the last time you even considered talking with a mentor and paying a thousand bucks or 10,000 or a hundred thousand? Well, I haven't done any of that. My friend, you don't, you have a want, but you're never going to do it. See, we live in a world where everybody talks about desire and what nobody actually nobody does is action. See, action will determine what's up. Hey, what have you done towards the success of your real estate business? Have you spent eight hours to write down exactly what you want in your life? No, I, I haven't written anything down. Well, then don't waste time. See, wild uh, ambition without clarity is just chaos. That's all it is. So we need to understand the power of the written word because the written word clearly identifies your intention behind it. That's as simple as that. If you're not willing to write it down, then you shouldn't talk about it. See, it takes work to write things down. It takes work to take action. It takes work to have a hard conversation and say, should I have a mentor? Should I not have a mentor? Listen, I've done both. I've been without and with. I can tell you the only clear difference is things move faster with. That's it. I live in my own little chaotic world without, because I assume that I know. And one of my mentors taught me that there's only two kinds of people. You ready for this? There is the ignorant and arrogant, and then there's the ignorant and humble. We All of us don't know. Every single person doesn't actually know. You're either going to be arrogant about it and say, I know what I know, or you're going to be humble about it and go, I know that there's things that I don't know. So I'm in a lifelong student of this game. I'm in lifelong pursuit. And I think that that's the reality. When we start, we want the tactical, get out of my way. I'll do it on my own. I'm going to grind it out. And that will serve you for probably a couple of deals. But you're going to lose in the long run because you're going to get addicted to that. And then you're never going to take time for vacation, your family, your kids. You're better off to have a job because you became addicted. And that's what happens. So I believe that if you remain in a humility aspect, you know, there's ambition, which is great. Humility, equal parts ambition and humility and then another part of proximity to people who are doing what you want to do and then the third the last part is a commitment to a dedicated plan those four parts equal success a lot of people have ambition no humility they're not getting in proximity to people like you and I who are doing it daily and they have no dedication to a committed plan so you're you're literally missing 75% of my, what I believe is the success formula you know so the dedicated plan is the easiest to do but yet probably the one that nobody actually wants to do so my my belief is we as people in this society feed our flesh a lot. What feels good in the moment? Dopamine hit to talk about real estate. Dopamine hit to go to network events and hand out your business card. Dopamine event to sit around the bonfire with your friends and family at Christmas and talk about your wild ambition. That all feels great. What sucks is actually going to make a thousand offers in fear without the money, not knowing how to write the paperwork, learning the contracts, learning how to negotiate. What sucks is the actual work. And what I like to remember is one fundamental thing. At the end of the day, we are all humans and nobody actually wants to work. They just want to talk about the work. So this is my push. And then people like it or don't like it. I'll let your audience decide for themselves. I'm just going to tell your audience that most of you will never be successful in this. Not really. You have a mild version of a hobby. And when I tell people that, there's two kinds of responses. There's the screw you. Here's my middle finger. I'm going to win. Great. I'm glad I can instigate that in you. I don't care if I'm not liked, as long as you're doing something with it. And there's the people that go, yeah, you know, probably right. And those people should really evaluate. Are you sure you want to invest all of your spare time into this? I'm not trying to dissuade you. I'm just saying you need to be really self-reflective and go, if I do it, do it right. Your family deserves it. You deserve it. You deserve to walk around and travel at 35 like I do. You don't need to wait longer because we're in the information age now. We're no longer in the industrial age. Things will continue to evolve quicker. What I did in ten years, you can do in two. But you got to follow the 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 path that other people have laid out before. So I'm not speaking from arrogance. I'm I'm speaking out of hope to reach somebody. It's as simple as that. I just want to reach somebody to go. I don't want to waste any more time.
0: No, I I, I want to go back to one thing that you said. You know that we we've been kind of trained at, to be consumers. Yeah. And 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 you were talking about you ask people, what was the last book you read? What was the last uh, event you went to? What type of mentorship maybe you've, you've spent in? I, I, I've seen this very popular meme. You probably have seen it too online where it's $1,000 for the new iPhone, no problem. $1,000 for mentorship, uh, too expensive. Eight, eight hours to go through training material, that takes too much time. Eight hours to watch the latest Netflix show, yep no problem. I yep. mean that that le- that change in priority, becoming a consumer versus getting that mentorship and that information you need. You're absolutely right when it comes to us being trained as consumers, and we're trained even in our school system. And I'm going to be that blunt: is that we've been trained to do this from from birth. Are you still there?
1: Yeah. So you train from birth.
0: Yeah to be a consumer.
1: Yeah. Well, again, it's, it feels good. This is why we got to realize there's not, there's no real dopamine feeling when you're sitting with your mentor and he's chewing you up for not doing your offers that week. It's right. there's no dopamine. There's just dopamine to go and spend your money. You know, and I, I, I like the, uh, the, the thought where, you know, I'm in a blue collar city. So there's a guy who buys a car for 50 grand so that he can drive it home and drive it back to work for the next five years. So he can make an, just enough money to buy another car five years later for another 50 grand. Right. And to me, that's pretty eye-opening. That's just kind of how we are. We're looking for things to distract us from things that are hard. See, I, I believe we are becoming unresourceful people. We have Google, so we have no reason to know math, right? And, and what I've, the thing that I believe immigrants have that other people just don't have is the internal resourcefulness required to figure things out that are not easily figured out. My dad didn't know what to do when he came here in 1991, figure out paperwork and speak a new language and do this stuff and find a job. And that's just what he does. And you can train yourself to be resourceful if you have a good enough reason to do so. So I think, Jack, people treat real estate investing like it's some proven thing. If I just get some real estate, then everything is proven and hunky-dory. Well, if you start looking at it like business and realizing that most people will actually fail, they'll give up on a hard market. The walk away when it's tough, then you have to start applying a little bit more critical pressure on yourself to go, I need to take this seriously. But I agree with you. We're going to consume something. The question I have for you is this, I'm going to consume coaching or consume Netflix or consume other things, but what do I get to create as a result? See, when you're going to consume somebody else's coaching or being influenced by that person, we need influence in our life. We need to be influenced by people that are influential in the right activities. But if I consume Netflix all day, I don't get to produce anything as a result of that. There's nothing I can manifest in the real world from Netflix. If I consume YouTube videos or if I go get a mentor, I go to an event, I'm still consuming something. But that level of influence can instigate in me a new level of creation. I can go buy a new property. I can go and do something. I can go get my body active and get in shape. But So I want to recognize that I'm still a consumer, but what am I consuming? And when you start filling your cup with things that are process and creativity driven, that you can take and do something with your life, just becomes exponentially better. Because I don't think, Jack, anybody actually wants to sit on the beach for 15 hours a day for 15 years when they retire. I think people don't want to be that dormant. I think they want to go to the beach when they want to, and then they want to go home and do something fun. They want to go create a little thing, build a little thing, little side hobby, little whatever. What they don't want is the anxiety and the pressure of the rest of the world. That's only financially financially driven. Yeah. So here's my thought for your audience. You know, When you create a business, you have a path that most people don't understand, which is you get to become rich, then you can become wealthy. Becoming rich is really about you being able to 2 or 3x your monthly living expenses to the point where you have bought back eight hours of your day, you've bought back all your mental bandwidth, and now you've got the, the, the mental fortitude and the resources to go and build something new. Then you can become truly wealthy. But a lot of people, they pursue wealth, so they like these little drips, these little annuities of cash flow that they get. And the problem is they live cash flow poor, really, and even many people, especially in Canada, are equity rich. So I have met millionaires in net worth who behave as though they're broke. So I have a fundamental principle. Learn how to create a business that takes care of your basic financial needs. And I, I'm an advocate for living very frugally at the beginning because I did and budgeted every dollar for five, six years. Live frugally, master this thing of of real estate business. So you can become rich. So you can make hundred thousand dollars a month, two hundred thousand dollars a month. Then creating wealth is so fun. It's so fun to go buy properties. My wife just bought a three million dollar Airbnb property yesterday, and you know we're doing a deal in Vegas. We're doing a deal in Toronto. We're on the phone with somebody doing. So we're two different countries doing deals. And it's fun, Jack, because I'm not worried about paying the mortgage. But what's not fun is that one duplex that keeps you up at night. And you you start to eventually hate the thing that you're trying to use for growth because we're not good people, people. You, know, you have a tenant, you'll learn very quickly how to deal with people. You flip mm-hmm. houses, you'll learn very quickly about economics. See, we have these lessons that we don't actually understand because we haven't been educated, but yet we're going to learn them all the hard way. And there's a level of resiliency that comes from that, but you're gonna keep feeling the same pain over and over again until you've learned the lessons. That's how that's how it was described to me. And I think that's so profound. So I agree with you, man. I think what are you consuming is just as important as the fact that you are consuming. And 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 if you're gonna consume, what are you gonna do with it? Because most people, I can tell you this. I and this is very hard for an educator to say, I have great courses. And everything you could possibly need to know about real estate investing is on the internet for free. Literally everything you could need to know. So why is there so many people who watch YouTube all day and never buy real estate? It's because the information isn't the problem. Courses aren't the problem. We as people are uninspired. We as people see a little bit of an issue and we see a mountain where it's just a molehill. We as people are afraid of everything under the sun, fear of loss, fear of growth, fear of rejection. And we're living in this really amazing first world economy, but we have, you know, third world mental poverty many times. We're still saving money. Go ahead, hit me.
0: Hit me. No, I was going to say, you know, what you were talking about, you know, doing the smart goals. I mean, as as people, we are, again, wired to, we, we will react to pain before mm-hmm. we will ever chase pleasure. That's right. And until you start to, identify and define what brings you joy or your why or what have you, whatever Ben is talking about here, until you have enough there to overwhelm and break through that wall, you're going to be in this analysis paralysis and never take any any action. Yeah.
1: Yeah. A lot of people regurgitate stuff from Jim Rohn and things they've heard over the years. They come on these podcast shows and they just spit out the same stuff that they've heard. I like to really think about those statements and formulate my own opinion. So the whole concept of be, do, have, you have to become something first and then do the activity and then you'll have the result. All of that is predicated on you actually having the courage to be. So if you're not going to become, if you're not going to take the time to put your body, your mind, your spirit through a level of scrutiny and a level of development and conditioning, which most people aren't going to do anyways, then it actually doesn't work. It's not a really workable model for most people. A be, do, have is for a resourceful person like me who says, I'm going to do whatever it takes. I'm going to be whoever it takes. And then I'm going to have what nobody else has. But you got to start with that level of conviction. And most people do not. What most people truly want and what they truly need is the permission. People are living in this society where nobody's telling you to go and make it happen. You need a level of, we have such low confidence in new things that we don't even get started. We talk about it. We play so small. Most people in this real estate thing play just hard enough not to lose, but never hard enough to win. So this is why you need proximity. Most people just don't have that level of emotional resiliency. We're very immature emotional creatures, especially these days. You know, we get offended by everything that hits us. We see stuff and we have to have an opinion. Nobody gives a shit, man. Do the thing or don't do the thing, right? I have that old school mentality. So if you have the level of conditioning, you're likely to win. But if you don't, you got to realize this is not a game for weak people. This is not a game for people that are waiting for things to happen. The perfect market, the perfect moment. You've been waiting for perfect so long, you literally missed the best market we've had in probably a century. I mean, the last 12 years has been incredible just an incredible run. So we have to wake up and go, the market isn't the problem. It's not external. The resources aren't a problem. That's not the issue. It's literally all up here. You either don't want it bad enough or you're too afraid to go get it. And you got to be willing to encounter those truths. I call my personal foundational rules. So I just think we need to read these books, but we need to ask ourselves, what does this mean? Am I the kind of creature that is willing to be somebody different? And if you're not willing to be well, then don't worry about the do and the have. So my philosophy is a little simpler. My philosophy is just do first. I don't feel like it. it doesn't matter. Just do it, man. I don't feel like looking at houses. I don't, I'm don't. i not the kind of person that's resourceful. You can literally change that right now by moving your body, right? I used to be fat and overweight, and then I just started going to the gym. I didn't feel like doing it. I wasn't the kind of person that went to a gym. I wasn't the kind of person that was fit. I just started going to the damn gym. And as I'm doing, then I start becoming, then I start... so. To me, the evolutionary process is a little bit backwards. So what you need, most people listen to this call, I love you, but you just need a kick in the ass. That's it. And that's the only thing a mentor will do for you. A mentor will not do the work for you. A mentor cannot guarantee you a result. You're not paying a mentor because you're going to increase something in you're paying a mentor because you literally need to be kicked in the ass from somebody with a great deal of confidence who has executed on the thing that you fear, who says it's not that big a deal. Just get up. Go make money. I didn't tell you to get money. I told you to get up and look at one house and make one offer. Then we'll figure out money. Then we'll figure out how to do the closing. Then we'll figure out how to do the rehab. But we take this convoluted thing and we create these narratives and stories and we create these massive roadblocks before we ever get started. So, Jack, that's the nicest way of me saying, like, I used to watch Maury as a kid and they had that big old army sergeant guy that would come on. You know those bad kids and my son, Jimmy, he stole cookies or some stupid thing. And, you know, this guy's like, hey, don't steal cookies. And that dude supposed to whip him back into shape. Well, I think we need to become a little bit less sensitive to everything and just be willing to get our ass kicked a little bit. And if we do that, guess what? You get to become resilient emotionally, physically. And as you become resilient, you're going to become the kind of person, the David Goggins kind of person that does the hard shit nobody wants to do. And when you do the hard shit nobody wants to do, you get the results nobody's going to get. Because I got to remind you, 95% of people who start will not finish. Somebody will help you get in. You'll buy a book. You're you're what we call top of funnel. And nobody's telling you this because they, they don't make money telling you this. Right, they don't make money telling you you're top of funnel, right? But very few people go from top of funnel actually into the bottom of the funnel, meaning people who get results. When I first learned about education, I asked somebody who was in this field, and I said, "Hey, how many of your students are actually getting massive results?" And he said, "Well, not a lot." And I said, "Why?" He's like, "Well, because we sell education, we don't sell results." I was literally offended. I said, "That is the stupidest thing I've ever heard." So when I started the education, the very first core value was results. To the point where don't join my community if you're not going to work. I'm just telling you, it's not fair to you and it's not fair to me. I don't need your shitty review later. And I don't need you dragging down the rest of the group that actually wants to win. But if you join and you win, oh man, we have the best results in the entire country. Because the people who join, they come with the level of, I'm here to win. And I'm going to put in the work because the information is literally the same, education company, education company. So I know it's tough to stay on a call, but like, hey, what's your secret weapon? Kicking the ass, jackets are kicking the ass.
0: Yeah, no, and and a lot of people need it. I mean, I I we've said time and time again. I mean, we 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 invest in real estate. However, the the best the best return on any investment is in the in personal development and and doing what we're talking about, whether it's getting mentorship or the proper training. But you're not going to get that return on that investment unless you take the necessary action. And you keep saying time and time again that we deserve it. You deserve deserve it. At that point, I'm going to go as far as saying you have a responsibility to earn it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I like, you know, Cardone says we have a duty, right? And I think that's, that's fair. Duty, responsibility, and a privilege, that's duty. So I think we do have a duty to our own success because nobody else will step up. But again, I'll play a little devil's advocate. When I listened to this 15 years ago, I am the customer who would listen to this show. I'm the avatar of the viewer. And I'm thinking, that's a bunch of hype. You tell me to invest in myself. You just want my money. We live with such ego, especially young men in their early 20s, such an ego around what we know that we can't possibly comprehend that there is an oasis, a world that we don't have a clue about and we'd like but i know this and you just want my money and you just want this and you just keep telling me the same old hacks it almost cringe to tell people you got to invest in yourself first the only the reason i keep doing this cuz it's fundamentally true you're you're operating in a windows 95 software and somehow you want to be the top notch investor and you literally refuse to upgrade your software it, it, the hardware isn't the issue your software sucks you have old outdated software and when people go should i invest in myself only if you want to grow. If you want to exist, if you want to be busy, if you want to do a few deals and stay at your job, you don't have to do anything. Because I have a fundamental belief, Jack, that everybody is right. If you believe mentorship is a scam, you're right for you. You believe it's not, you're right for you. So I don't convince people of my viewpoint. I live my life. People look at me, they get inspired and go, well, he's doing something I'm not doing. What is it? then they become open to the answer. But most people aren't looking for answers. They're looking for answers that validate their existing belief. So Jack, I can beat people over the head all day. Hey, you know, pay for mentorship and you'll get way further ahead, way faster. Wow. Well, so what I like now, people just show up and go, I'm broken. I've tried this. I failed. I joined another education company, but they didn't push me hard enough because it was a watered down freaking Kool-Aid education. And I need somebody literally willing to kick me in the teeth. Okay. Okay. Then I'm your guy. I'm your guy because I want you to get a result. I don't need a testimonial. I don't need a review. If you get a result and you win and you pay a coach, let's say thirty thousand, and you made hundred and thirty thousand the first twelve months, that speaks for itself. There's nothing else we need to talk about. I don't need to be a nice guy. Just no different than my own deals. Nobody cares if you're a nice guy in the deal making. You just got to be able to produce. Yeah, to raise the money, find the deal, talk to the person, solve the real problem. When you're speaking, the sellers solve a real, tangible issue, or or you're just wasting time. So I, I agree with that, Jack. That we we as people, I just find are very weak. Prove me wrong. <laughs> prove no. me wrong. That's it. No. Prove me wrong.
0: Well, I'm not going to be the one to prove you wrong. And and with that, you know, this goes back to the tagline of the show, and and you can see it in every page of my show notes. You can either put in ten thousand hours and be that expert. Or find somebody who's already made that investment, learn from it, and take that action. Ben, this has been a fantastic conversation. I, You're welcome back anytime. I hope you'll take me up on that invitation. And uh, But before I let you go, is there a question or a concept you wished we would have covered here today?
1: I like to be very tactical, Jack. So I like to leave everybody with one kind of tactical step. Because, you know, mindset is great, but I believe in activating people, not just motivating people. So if I'm going to activate the audience and activation is both the message and the heart and the action and get you going, I would say this tomorrow before tomorrow, whatever time it is when you listen to this before 24 hours is up, really sit down and create for yourself a basic one page. I want this. If you live in, I want this, then you'll figure out what you have to do to get there. So I would just encourage people, sit down, write it down and take one piece of action towards it. Reach out to somebody on social media who is doing what you want to do in your city and just go, hey, I want to do what you're doing. What do I need to do to hang out with you? And if they don't do coaching or mentorship, then they'll direct you to somebody else who does. But I just want people in your audience to write one thing down and just speak up. If you take that very first step, friends, you'll find out that it's really not as scary as it seems And you'll find yourself literally moving forward in momentum before you realize it. So great conversation, Jack. Thank you so much for having me here. And I'm encouraged uh, to see your audience continue to grow. And I appreciate you for sharing the good news.
0: Well, I appreciate your time. Again, it's cashflowtribe.com. Cashflowtribe.com. I'll make sure to have that link in the show notes. And come on, guys. If this episode hasn't done anything, it's going to be me giving you this call to action. There was a ton of value in this episode. Thanks to Ben. I want you to take a moment and forward this episode to one other person who's trying to get into real estate investing. If this episode doesn't motivate, motivate them to take some action, I don't know what will. Ben, I really appreciate it. Thank you so much again. If you learned at least one actionable step to incorporate into your real estate investing,